0: Blog Talk Radio you know
1: And well tonight. Thank you guys for tuning in for the to diversity of the minds blazing heat radio. Man, we want to thank you very much for tuning in with us tonight. You could have been anywhere else tonight, but you chose if chose to tune in, kick back and vibe out with us tonight. And we mo and we are most definitely appreciative, appreciative of you for got you guys for doing that, man. So tonight you're tuning into the author's alley with with your with yours truly. My name is Gaines. Also, I go by the, the pen name of FL Beaton. So I want to welcome you guys to, the, to, this, to this particular show, and we have a great show lined up for you guys tonight. So I want to get a couple of things out of the way, first of all, before, before we even go any further, before we even get into the pleasantries and anything else of that nature. So first and foremost, guys, the calling number for tonight is going to be area code um, 319-527-6171. You guys use, use that number to get to get in contact we get getting the kind of give us a call if you want to give us a shout-out or even make a request or even shout-out, the shout-out per the author of that we have of the hour, man. You guys use that number to contact us, and we will most definitely get you guys on the air so you can shout-out the author of the hour or even just shout-out the station, right, just shout-out the station. And the second thing I want you guys to do is I want you guys to go to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash diversity of minds. Go ahead and hit that follow button, and you guys will get a personalized email of personalized email notification of any shows that air up on this particular station, whether it's again my favorite, my favorite show, the Quadstone experience with the diamond diva or any other any other programming that comes up on this station man, so you guys hit that go to the go to the website, hit that follow button, and get that personalized email you guys will be most definitely most definitely brought up to speed and brought to date with what's going on with this station. And last, but most certainly not least, I want to, I want to thank all, I want, I personally want to thank all our list all the listeners and all our fans um, who are listening in, whether via the radio link, via the, the web link, or via the call in number, man. We thank you guys so very much for tuning in to us tonight, man. You got, and again, we appreciate you guys. Can We appreciate you guys' continued support of this particular station, man. We, you know, without you guys, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here to to bring you to bring you these shows and bring you the entertainment that you guys that you guys that you guys need. So so with that being said, and whew, that was a lot. So I want you guys to just you know just kind of just just chill out, cool it. just chill out, cool, chill, and just kick back with me right now tonight, man, because we're because we have a very special special guest in the um in the studio in the studio tonight, man. This and this individual is a very, is a very talented and uh, very talented individual. Um, I got to, I met this I met her doing a I met her doing a Facebook interaction and you know also via per, a personal email request. We wanted to be on the show tonight. She is a she is a again she is a very talented individual and I'm and I'm going to go ahead and bring her in right now. So so well so we guys, so I want to introduce to some and, and I want to reintroduce to some but introduce to everyone else. Um, Arthur Genesis Genesis. Amaris Kemp into the off the alley, off the alley guys. Good after, good morning, good morning, good.
2: <laughs> good afternoon, everyone. I'm doing well. And yourself. Hey.
1: I'm doing fine, thank you. I'm doing well, thank you. I I am super excited to be on the show. Right? I am super, super stoked to be on. To have you on to we can talk, we can talk about stuff, stuff, things, you know. Because you have this, like, there's a lot of background noise, a lot of um, things going on in the background, with which is, so, um, I do want to make sure that you're in, a, in, a, in a areas where that background noise is not, you know, that I'm hearing a lot of feedback and background noise. So I can't if, you, if you,
2: speak. is that better?
1: There we go. Yes, it is. Most, most, most definitely. Thanks. So Thank you for that. I appreciate that but man i'm i'm looking i I'm, I'm looking forward i'm looking forward to talking to you about first of all about this about this book and about and about your journey and everything else in between so i mean i don't i don't want i don't wanna you know well first and foremost how how is your Friday going so far?
2: It's going well you know I'm grateful to um be here I'm thankful for another day and i drive, i just try to take the negatives that I had during the day and flip them to a positive because there could be so many other things that could have went wrong. But, you know, I'm just grateful for, you know, my family, a roof over my head, a good health. And I just try to, you know, just take a licking and keep on ticking.
1: (laughs) That's what's up. I mean, in some cases, that's all you can do at this. That's all you can do. You know what I mean? But, Man, I am so I am so happy that you came that you came on tonight to speak with us, man. So I just want to just, just jump right into this, really. So I, I, I read I read I read your bio, and it's it's a your bio you have a you have a lot on that bio. So first of before before we even go any further, I, I want to know. that also, I want to I, I personally want to know who is Genesis Amaris Kemp besides, besides the author.
2: Besides the author, I'm a wife, I'm a con- a creative content creator, I'm a writer, I love writing. I'm very passionate about inclusion and diversity and the whole movement around that. I'm first generation American. I'm a sister. Wow. A chocolate drop that mm. goes with the name of my book. <laughs>
1: <That has laughs> There's to. just so, so many you, so you so you're, so you're a lot of things.
2: Yes, a lot of things. So very versatile. I could be a firecracker when I'm ready, meaning, yes, I'm a work in progress, but then I could still get with you too in a polite way.
1: Right. I got you on that one. I feel you on that one because sometimes you just have to be nice, nasty to people and and then they'll get they'll get the point. So when did when did this journey of writing start for you?
2: It started back in high school just as a outlet, a way for me to get out of my head and express my emotions on paper. But as far as the book journey, that started back in January this year. I didn't even know there was a book inside of me, but I took the trials and the tribulations that I faced while working for a particular Fortune 500 company in corporate America, and I let those – the, um, those hurt and pain fuel my desire to write and I got um, connected with another author and all of a sudden things just kind of fell into place and she became a informal mentor and she was telling me hey your writing's really good have you thought about putting out a book and at at the time I was like no I didn't really think about it but little did I know mm-hmm. that God had a plan for me so you know I always tell people, don't sell yourself short because you never know what gifts and talents are inside of you. And sometimes it takes someone else seeing what's inside of you in order for your passion to be ignited and birthed. Because we can be ourselves biggest critics at times, and we could. A lot of times, I find we as individuals we like to compare ourselves with other people. And we think that we're not enough when, in reality, we are enough if we just choose to run our own race and retrain ourselves.
1: Hmm. Very good. I mean, and I like and I like that because I know I know for me and sometimes because me being an author myself, you know, you you I do find my you, I do find myself in those places that we're like, eh. And then I'm always then I'm also reminded of you know who I am and things of that nature. So it's a good thing that always have that in the back of your mind. When you, uh, especially when you, when you're going through, well, I won't say when you're going through things, but when you're creating things, and but also enduring certain certain situations. So, who, who is like, who would your, who would you say would be your main inspirations, or the people that you, or individuals that you looked up to, as far as writing?
2: I would definitely say my parents. Just they're a big inspiration and a lot of the things that I do because I see how my parents came over to America and how they had to work twice as hard due to the color of their skin even though they had certain credentials. Another inspiration for me is my little sister that the way in 2015. When I tell you she was like a fearless she did not let anyone or anything phase her. And a lot of times, even though she was younger than me, people always thought that she was the older one because she was such a daredevil, whereas I was such the goody two-shoe. I want to play by the rules. Like, I don't fuck the system. But it wasn't until, like, you know, she passed away where I went sunk into my lowest point, and I've and I felt like, man, if she can do it, you know at such a young age then why why can't i sometimes you have to be willing to get outside of your comfort zone in order to get what you want so she was a big inspiration for me and she still is because um when i do what i do i think about the other people who can benefit from it so i think about the future generations to come cuz it's not just about me it's about the movement that that i'm trying to come up come up with and build um another inspiration for me. Not necessarily in I wouldn't well yeah, in a writing sense, in an acting sense, I would say Tyler Perry, just his struggle, how um some of his stories, how he said It cost him something like he had to be homeless, sleeping in his car, not having people believe in him and just keep going after his dreams until he made it. And now that he's actually a billionaire, it shows that if you keep going and you stay determined, you can achieve your wildest dreams. So don't just stop because someone doesn't believe in you right then and there because all it takes is one yes.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's one yes out of seven. It's one yes out of several no's. So I can most definitely, I can most definitely, um, <clears throat> excuse me, relate to that part of it because, you know, I think and I think for most of us through the core through the course of our journey, whether it's a writing journey, whether it's an acting journey, whether it's a music journey, you know, we're always gonna be we're always gonna be put with those, but those people that are always gonna say no, and then, and then it seems like it's always gonna be a constant stream of no's for the remain for the remainder of that journey until you finally get that one yes. And then that's and that one yes is the one is the thing is the that one phrase that'll change change your whole life for the for the best for the better I think and 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 even just and just to hear you know you mentioned that your that just that one of your main inspirations was you know your sister that's now that's now past. I mean that for me that's be that's that, speak, that speaks volumes because you know it really, it speaks volumes because the simple fact of the matter is that you know even though you got to your lowest point you your lowest point at that point, that at that particular point in time, you all you always saw you always saw the positive into it, regardless of how down you were or how how bad you felt. So you always look at the positive side of it and you and you know, you you know, you came you came out, you came out of it, you know, a, a little a little beat up, a little tired, but you but you came out of it. And and I think and you know, your book and your and your journey pretty much the pretty much is the culmination of that.
2: Yeah. It it is and it it, it was hard. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't it wasn't easy, but like I tell people, if you get something easy, you'll lose it easy. But if you work at it and you grind and you, you know, you put your head down and you really You really work and cultivate yourself because there's always a reason for the season that we're in. We may not understand why we're in a particular season at the time because there's a lesson there for us to learn, and once we learn the lesson, we'll move on to the next chapter. So sometimes it's so hard for us to think outside the box, but whenever we really get in our quiet place and we allow, like, the self-reflection to take place and et cetera. Then we start to see things manifest and things start to become a little clearer. So I always encourage people, even though you're in the darkness, just know the darkness is not permanent; it's temporary. And once you come out of it, you're going to be refined like gold.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. Or, or even, or even better yet, you know, yeah. you know, press, you know, pressing pressing to a diamond because you know, because cold, cause cold turns in the into diamonds under pressure. So. Both of the both of those analogies are both of those analogies are fitting very well with what you're with what you're saying. So, besides you know, and besides the inspirations to to writing, you know, now besides now besides just the just being inspired by your your parents and your sisters and your and your and your well almost well lot say your family, you know, outside outside of your family, were there were there any other inspirations that you saw? Um, beside besides Tyler Perry, um, were there any other outside inspirations that inspired you to uh, to write?
2: My my people in general, the the black and brown community, just the way they carry themselves and the way that I see how certain people outside of that community treat them, due to the way they look, I just didn't thought was right, and I felt like. I I just got so sick and tired of seeing that because even though I may not have the same background as they do I my the color of my skin is still is still brown, so I could definitely resonate with them. I may not have endured what they endured, but I wanted to, you know, be that be that voice and you know just stand up for them. So that became my inspiration because I don't care what color you are, you just don't treat people any kind of way because you think that you're higher on the total totem pole than they are. Because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. when we all, we die, we're not going to take nothing with us. We're going to just go into the grave, just our just our um bones or whatnot. So you can have millions of dollars, but when you pass, you're still going to be equal to someone else. Sure, you may have a nicer casket, but a casket is nothing because it's going into the earth. And if you if you were to get cut or I was to get cut, we're all going to bleed red. So the only thing that's really different about us is whether we come from money or how we were raised or um, how our hair texture is or whatever, but that doesn't mean that one person is better than another person. And I think I just got so sick and tired of dealing with that as well as seeing that in society, which is what really jump-started um, this inspiration and why I'm so passionate about inclusion and diversity as well as equality and equity so it's not just huh. about me.
1: You
2: know, huh.
1: So you know what that and that 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 leads directly, <clears throat> excuse me, into my into my next question. Anyway, so and my nail really and it just leads right there. It, it pretty much segues into that. So why did why this book? Why now?
2: It was long. It was long overdue. Um, I was I've been with this company for seven years going on. I started at the bottom as an administrative assistant went back to school while working full-time. I actually even changed my entire degree plan while working for this company because when I started there, uh, one of my first managers came to me and said, what do you plan on doing with a psychology degree working for this company? We're like an engineer-focused company or whatever. So that kind of, you know, he kind of threw some shade. So I changed my degree because the company did pay for part of my degree and I pretty much recalibrated myself, thinking that once I got my piece of paper, it was going to be a cakewalk. Little did I know it wasn't so and I felt like it was only that way with minorities in the company because i I saw so many administrative assistants that got their degrees that bam, they all of a sudden moved up into the managerial professional you know bucket or whatnot. But here I was, went to school, got a four year degree the company the company paid for it, but still, I have to jump through these hoops in order to get outside of the administrative bucket. That's not right, but you know life isn't fear, so I felt like you know what i'm gonna I'm gonna sit on this, I'm gonna play the game, but I'm also gonna get something out of it for me and the good thing is, I knew that this experience and working for the company, the Fortune 500 company I am, that would always look good on my resume no matter where where I go. So I was like, let me collect these coins, let me do my stuff on the side here, and then let me get, gain all the knowledge and wisdom and insight that I can because I could always flip the script because this is not the only company. Sure, it may be hard to find a job given certain, certain times in the um, economy, but that doesn't mean that all hope is gone so whenever I people on that. <laughs> so, a lot of, so whenever people ask me why now because they think the book came out um purposely around the black lives matter movement and it didn't it came, it came out a little bit before the movement and it just so happened that after my book dropped here comes along this movement and it went hand in hand so i felt like enough enough was enough and i felt like i needed to speak up for administrative assistance for minorities. I needed to educate my allies, and I needed to be the voice that other people needed to hear because there's so many people afraid of speaking up because they're like, oh, this is a good job. I don't want to lose my benefits. I don't want to get fired. But do you want to lose who you are trying to please a man or a woman that can never truly validate you? Hmm.
1: Good. You know what? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You hit you hit upon a very very good point at that because I think and and what, and what you said just resonated with me so very so and it, it spoke to me so loudly right now because so many times I think we especially especially people of color we think that if we do everything that we're supposed to do especially within a within a within a within a job. If we do everything that we that we're supposed to and or we do everything quote unquote by the book this it it's gonna allow us that for that that for that forward or that upward mobility but from my and i guess from my own personal experience you know it even if you do things by the book you're still not afforded that upward mobility because some because someone can be given the same position that you're looking that you're wanting to have someone can be someone with less experience less knowledge um even more, even more so. <clears throat> not even the same personality that you have, or the type of personality that you have that matches that, that matches that position. And it's, yeah, I can I can relate to that because there's been so many times, um, not with the, not with my current company, not with the current employer that I'm with, but with other with past employers, to where I was I was qualified to have the position, but it was given to someone else that was led, that was way less qualified. And it was always somebody of the opposite color, of the opposite uh, opposite skin tone. And I would that would man, that would put me in a position to be so upset about things about how things were, and I would always brood about well, why why is it why is this not this? Why is this why am I not giving this? So man, that I'm like that resonates so much with me at this point. I mean, now point you writing is what was it was now was it based off of off that type of experience or was it just something you wanted to bring just bring to light?
2: No, it's my personal experience. So things that I went through at this company, um, from being slighted time and time again, um facing prejudice. And when I say prejudice, it literally like when I work in a plant setting, it was my first um, role in a plant setting. When I walked in there, it lit literally felt like Django Unchained. It felt like Ooh. I w- I was the house sister, and if I went out into the into the field, people looked. People looked at me whenever I came up with ideas. They're like, who's this young African-American woman trying to change stuff? We've been doing this for over nine years. The other black lady never told us this, but they didn't know that that change wasn't just coming from me. It was coming from management down on how to steward certain Mm. things. And so I felt since I was the youngest person on my team, I was also new into that type of environment, there was a lot of resistance. And then I even faced, like, UP, I would say, which is I call it undercover prejudice, with my own supervisor, just the way that she talked to me. And at first I was taking it because I was like, oh, I don't want my ranking to suffer. But it was just one day where she really tried it. And, you know, I st- I stood up to her. I raised my voice to get on the same level as hers. I told her she was not going to talk to me any kind of way, and if she didn't like it, she could get out of my office because she came to my office during the time that I was eating my breakfast where our meeting wasn't even supposed to start yet, so she was early. She wanted me to put away my own breakfast in the office to please her, but if that's not even common courtesy. Like how can you just come into my off, office, tell me what to do. So that shows, shows me that you're only care about yourself, your feelings and your way. You don't care if my food's going to get cold that I paid for out of my money. Cause they didn't pay for our lunches or breakfast. And you didn't care that that mm-hmm. was my personal time before our meeting started. And I understand like, Respecting authorities and your elder and the hierarchy, but the same respect that they want you to give them is the same respect they should be giving you. And I feel like some people, when they see you a certain way, they think that they could try it with you, and they want to see, like, how hard they could press against you. They want to push your buttons because they, I guess they just want to see, you know, the bon come out or all the other cliche names that they love to label a black person or African-American person or to say, oh, she's mm. so aggressive. And I hate when people say aggressive because I literally feel like that's a cop-out because you don't have anything else anything else to say, but that's the easiest thing that you could pick is aggressive. But I want to tell those allies out there as well as those other people out there, stop saying someone is aggressive. That person he or she they may just be passionate about the subject or the project or they could be compassionate. Don't confuse passionate and compassionate for aggressive. Because that is a form of microaggression.
1: Yeah, cuz those cause those who words are now are nowhere near or nowhere near synonymous. <laughs> At nobody are nowhere near synonymous and and I get and I feel you on that because there have been times where they look at me and I was responding a, in a particular way, and they would look at me like, "Well, you're just being awful aggressive." Uh, no, I'm not being aggressive. If I'm talking to you in a, in a in a calm voice, but you know, it's you know, you you bring up a lot of experiences that I've had in the workplace. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people have ex- a lot of the same experience that you had It's pretty much would pretty much mirror a lot of other people's experience in the workplace. So even now so even with that, you know, now it's segueing into my next question really with this. So tell tell us tell us about tell us about your book, Chocolate Drop In Corporate America. <laughs>
2: The chocolate drop in corporate america from the pit to the palace i know the name sounds controversial i've got gotten that feedback but i want people to realize that when you look at the cover of my book you'll see a world in the background which represents that systemic issues happen worldwide no matter where you are and on the cover all background so all races and ethnicities because i'm like i said i'm big on inclusion and diversity People can face certain systemic issues, whether it's ageism, sexism, gender, culture, or whatever. And then I wanted it to be industry-wide because it doesn't just happen in corporate America. It could happen in the medical industry. It could happen in finance. It could happen in construction. No matter what industry you are everyone has been slighted in one way or another, or they have faced some form of systemic issues, whether it was right, where where it was like, okay, maybe I'm looking at it different, or whether it was wrong. But if we never bring this topic to the table and truly talk about it transparently, then we're only regressing as a society instead of moving forward. We have to call a spade a spade and understand our opponent understand the way they think, understand the way they act so we can put ourselves at a better advantage and work together collaboratively because no matter what, we we all need each other because everyone brings a different skill set and everyone is an asset in their own way. So that's a little bit more about the cover of my book um, and it helps you explain the title. And when I say chocolate drop, I'm chocolate drop and there's been Many of times, when I bounce between different teams within this company, that I have been the only African American person on the team. And they told me certain things, like jokingly, but I'm like, I didn't think that it was funny. So I'll smile and do the little fake little smile, or you do the little code switch and you really play the game. Because at the end of the day, it's politics, you know? And you could tell who's really for you and you could tell who's really not for you. So then, you know, you go you go along with the game for for some time, but then that game gets exhausting and it's draining because you can never really be who you want to be or yourself. So it takes the individuality out. And I came to the point where I'm like, okay, maybe I need to reassess my situation and reassess who I'm working for because if I'm going to be my whole self going to work, then maybe I don't need to work here anymore. But until until I find, you know, the right, the right job. I'm also not going to be a fool and leave, you know, drop a bone to pick up a shadow because at the end of the day, I still have family to, family that needs to eat too, and I still need a roof over my head. So you have to be strategic.
1: Mm-hmm. So you mentioned something about individuality in the workplace, um, and it, it kind of it brings that brings up a, a brings up a I won't say it brings up a, a issue or. A, a memory or anything like that, but it, it it does bring up a question or two that I, my, I would like to ask you. So you mentioned that individuality in the workplace. If, you, if you're not if you're not your individual self or your authentic self in the workplace, then you say you lose that, that aspect of that aspect of it. What what fa- what factors could what factors could contribute to that part? Could conti- contribute to the loss of individuality in the workplace
2: your idea is not being taken into consideration whenever they say, oh, we would like everyone to c- collaborate. But every time you bring up an idea, it's like you're bringing it up and it's hitting deaf ears or like, you know, they really don't take you serious. But if your counterpart who doesn't look like you says the same exact thing you say, they're like, oh, that's such a good idea, David. Oh, my gosh, Sarah, really? Can you tell us more about it? And I'm like, isn't that exactly what I said? <laughs> So that takes away some of the, that takes away some of the individuality. Um, another thing I think is the performance ranking because where I work, we have it's kind of like forced performance ranking in a sense, but they're trying to reevaluate it, but. I don't see the logic behind writing your own performance review. You want me to put in all this input, but then whenever I give it to you, you want to change it. But have you been the one that's doing the work? So how can you really say, okay, I don't agree with this, if you haven't been the one on the other side doing it? And and then that takes away the individuality because I'm like, if you were going to change the damn thing in the first place, why didn't you just write it if you were going to put what you want to put? <laughs>
1: Exactly, man. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I, and I, that, that is funny. <laughs> that is funny. To me. That is funny to me because I've had that happen to me a couple of times before. Now, because now you, the parts of it, the individuality parts of it. You know, you mentioned those two things. Now, in your in in, in your in your opinion, or I, will, I won't even say opinion because because you're because you've been into that particular, you've been in that situation in that experience before. But out of out of your own out of your own experience, did you did that loss of individuality have any type of any type of cumulative effects? What I mean, what I mean by that is like emotional, mental, or psychological.
2: Oh yeah, most most assuredly because I was like literally there was days where I was at work, I was physically there, but mentally my mind was elsewhere. I'm like. How can I stack this paper? How can I stack this bread? I was sitting at my desk. There would have been times where I was on Indeed looking for a job. Um, there was times where I was texting my husband, hey, baby, what you doing? Or, or there was times where, you know, some days I would just, like, play a little game on my phone just to escape the reality that I was in because I knew I had to be there for eight hours. Sometimes I would look at the clock. Waiting, waiting, and wishing for the time to go by faster, just so I could get the hell up out of that compound because it literally felt like a <laughs> compound. Um, but then I, but then I had to start changing my my perspective because I knew that it was starting to affect my outward performance in a sense. Because I feel like when you start to take on the negative thinking, thinking, you may you may internalize it, but sometimes it externalizes by your facial expression and your body language. And if you have to play the politics mm. and they see you with the mean mug on your face or rolling your eyes or whatever, then they could, they could easily, they'll find any little thing to put a ding or a mark next to your name. So I was like, okay, no, I got to get out of this funk. So then I started to switch it up versus being so angry all the time. Like I will either put on something funny that would make me laugh um, like whether it was like listening to Nephew Tommy prank phone calls or listening to, you know, some Kevin Hart stuff, um, listening to music on Pandora or whatever. But then it started where I started listening to the music and tuning them out. But then that became a problem. Cause they're like, okay, she's quiet. She's not saying much. She only says good morning or whatnot. And they're like, and they couldn't really figure out what was going on with me because they noticed that there was a change. But, that's not really for you to figure out. Just let me be, as long as I'm getting my work done, that's all that that should matter. I'm I'm doing the work, I'm I'm meeting the metrics, so let me be me. But okay, you don't want me with a sour attitude, but then you also don't want me smiling and laughing to myself. But what is it? You can't please everybody.
1: Right. And and I can and, and I get that because some 'cause there's 'cause there have been times where even in my even my current employer you know, there have been times where I've, I felt bad, and not necessarily because of something that was done to me at a job, but some. But well, I take that back because sometimes because i have had those experiences to where being passed over for a position that I that I felt I was qualified for, and 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 I know for me, I just usually just hide into my shell and just kind of just go off into my own world and just be quiet and do my and just quietly do my work and just be very real and assuming. So I understand where you're coming from with that, because then people ask these questions. Well, why is he so quiet? Did did something? Did we do something to you? Well, well, yeah, you did, but I ain't gonna tell you <laughs> that, and I'm not gonna give. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you. The, I'm not gonna give you the satisfaction to know that you did. That you. That you had. That you got to me like that. You well, know, but we so so you. I'm like so I'm like you in certain instances. <laughs> so I'm like you in certain instances. I play music. I'll do whatever. So I'm like. Yeah, yeah, because people ask me, "Well, are you okay?" Yeah, I'm good at that point, but then, so I guess so. I'm so I'm with you on that one because that's that's kind of like a hard deal to deal with. I mean, now has it ever been to a point to where you you've taken you? So, well, I'll put I'll I'll I'll, 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 I'll before I ask my question, I'll leave with this part of it. You mentioned that you have a that you have a that you that you're a wife, being that you're a wife. So I'll leave out, so I'll ask this question: Has it any been? Has it been any time during your experience with this particular company or any company for that matter? Has it been any particular point in time that you've had to carry that weight home with you?
2: Oh yes, it has been um, the past three years in this role, and just not getting. I getting paid my worth and being paid as an admin, even though I was doing the work of a professional um there was a lot of times where I brought that anger and resentment home or like or whatever happened at work. I wanted to tell my husband about it, but then he's like. Oh, he, 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 at first he was listening, and then he really broke it down to me. You need to stop bringing work home because I feel like I can't help you solve your problem. And what I want to do is I want to just go up there and knock them upside their head because they treated my wife bad or whatever, but I can't do that. So he was like, you have to know how to separate work, leave work at work, and then when you're home, you need to be at home and turn home on. But I'm so passionate about doing my job right, making sure my – Making sure I'm leaving my, the correct brand because when I leave that company, I don't want them to say, "Oh, she didn't do this," or "She didn't do." When I knew what I did, you know. And so well, there was a lot of times, I times. you want times, to be moved out. Yes, I wanted, I want to leave it like if when I whenever I leave this company, I want to leave on you know on my terms not on their terms but my terms when i'm ready to jump the ship and i want to leave with what? like a legacy l- letting people know oh whenever they hear hear my name they're like yeah she she came in here she was smiling she made an impact she did this this why i wonder why she left the company i want them to think about hey why did she leave so then they could think about and ask themselves was it us hell yeah it was you <laughs> <laughs>
1: I oh man, that that and you know what that again that particular, that that question with your with that answer right there, yeah, I resonate with that most definitely. <laughs> now, now the now the one the one thing that I will ask you, now you know, because you because you said this this was not written. You didn't write this because of because of the Black Lives Matter movement or anything of that nature. This was written prior. this was written way prior to that. And I think because I think because of the Black Lives Matter movement, I think something like a book like this would be some would be something that could latch on like really really quickly and really and really uh, and so a lot of people will resonate to resonate to that. Um, now, in your does does this book does a book speak about like so does it does does your book speak up on solutions that could be helpful to those employers that that could help those employers understand you know certain aspects of. You know the blood, the black and brown thing, the black and brown thing, or is it something that does? It, I mean, does it offer any solutions in that in in that aspect, or does it just, or this is just something that's a, just your self contained journey? Um,
2: I would say yes and no, and the reason why I answer that is because I do address some of the allies, tell them a little bit of my story, and I feel like part of the solution could be once you understand someone's story and you understand where they're coming from, then you would know how to approach the situation better. So when you read this book, you mm. should really think of it as cool, like I'm getting inside information on how this girl felt and what she endured. But if no one really puts it down on paper, then how can you really understand what a black and brown person is going is going through? And like I tell some of my young black and brown people, Closed mouths don't get fed, so if you never voice your issues and you never voice, you know, who you are and what you want, then don't expect for anybody else to know because they're not going to get it. And um, there is a section at the end where I have these reflection quotes, and I, the reason why I wanted to put reflection quotes is because when you come to the end of the book, I want you to think about these quotes and think how you can apply it to your life or come up with your own set of reflection quotes. Because any we're going through something or we're reading something, we should always reflect on it because the part of reading something is to attain knowledge and become better. You're supposed to take bits and pieces, apply that to your life, and, you know, evolve. So I, could, I feel that, like, yeah.
1: So the one, so the one question I do want to ask you. Then, then now, do you now because of the book that you wrote that you've written? Do you do you feel do you feel do you feel that it's that is important now more than ever to uh, to apply to apply pressure to employers to get them to to get them to be a lot better about their employment practices as far when it can when it concerns black and brown people.
2: Yes, most definitely, because a lot of black and brown people, whether you're in Particular field, it's oil and gas. So if you're in oil and gas, if you think about the black and brown people, a lot of those are foreigners. They're engineers, geoscientists, geophysics. And if you lose those, if you lose those employees, then you're going to lose a big wealth of knowledge. And why why are you losing them? Because you're not treating them right. So whatever you don't do, another person will come along and do better. So if you're really concerned about the wealth of knowledge and and the assets that you have, you have to understand how how those people think and you have to give the people what they deserve to try to retain the talent that you already have. It, does that answer your question?
1: It does. It does. It really, it does. Because and I think it's, I think it's important to apply pressure because if you don't, you, you know, people are, people want, people are not going to know what, what you, what, what my, what you, what you, what, what you want as far as an employer, employee. Em, As far as an employee is concerned, of course, of course, the employer is going to have a set of going to have a specific and strict set of demand. Now, I guess, you know, do you feel it's important as an employee to have to have to set to have the same type of demands and within the same parameters, like a strict or specific set of demands as far as equal treatment, equal pay, things of that nature?
2: Yeah, I do. Because as an employee, um, depending on how your performance system is set up and you and if it's competitive and you're doing the work you're doing the work of a say, you're doing the work of a um HSC quality quality manager and another and there's another HSC quality manager in a different in a different group and they're doing the same exact thing but that person's get is getting paid higher higher than you but you're doing the same exact thing. So how does that correlate? So I definitely feel like there should be equal equal pay, because if it's the same exact job title, same exact roles and responsibilities, I mean, same exact responsibilities, why is one person getting paid higher than the other one? They both have degrees. Maybe one went to HBCU, but then one went to, you know, Ivy League. But if you look at it, the curriculum is the same. One just has a fancy name. Like, for example, Prairie View A&M versus A&M, do they not have the same exact degree plan? One is a HBCU and one is not. Does it mean one one kid is smarter than the other? No, it doesn't. It just chose. You can't blame a person on where they went to school, and you don't know why they chose to go to that school. Maybe they were an athlete and they got a full scholarship, or maybe that was affordable versus going to another one. So you can't just mark someone out just because of where they got their degree from. If they have the same intelligent um, capability and the same work ethic, I think they should be paid the same.
1: Man, you know, and, uh, and that's a good point. <laughs> <clears throat> now, have you – now – this is just a this is just a thought process of mine. Just from listening to you articulate the things that you that you mentioned, as far as like you know pay, equal pay, um, equality within within a, within a working within a within a work environment in a corporate environment. Have you ever thought about speaking to speaking to, corp, to speaking to corporations in regard in regard to this? Is some, because it, it seems like cause it seems like this book could also could also benefit you know corporations and you know, kind of show, kind of give them the blueprint of how to treat, how to treat employees of, you know, of color.
2: Oh my gosh, that would be my goal. I would love to do that. It's just trying to navigate and get inside of those corporations and getting compensated for it. Like that is my goal, like how I want to pivot with this book. And it's so funny that you said that. Oh, thank you, Laura. It's just like confirmation. Cause I had a podcast interview late yesterday And um, the host, I did it with mulinated words, and she's like, you have something going. And she's like, for someone to be of your age, not even 30 yet, and for you to have the wealth of knowledge that you have, she's like, I I can't see you working for a corporation. I could see you leading a movement. And then you pretty much asked me the same question but in a different format. And I'm like, okay, that's twice that I have heard it now, (laughs) within literally two days. And I'm like, okay, I just need to try to pivot myself and see how I can go about doing that because right now, I'm going to be honest, like I'm emotionally drained with my job. Like I don't like sitting behind a computer screen, working on Excel spreadsheets. I don't like the fact that, you know, things are up in the air. It's not concise. And you want me to confine to someone else because if that's the thing, then why don't you hire hire a flipping robot because I'm not a robot. And, you, you're telling me, hey, we're fine with you doing this, but then you want to come along and change it. And I understand there's certain processes and procedures that need alignment, but then if you're telling me one thing, but you're doing something else, it does it's contradictory. And I just feel like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't know if I'm really sour. Like, I'm thankful. Cause, oh, I'll say this part because it's not in the book because it recently happened. So about three – I think it was about 3 3 or 4 months ago, right? It was the George Floyd incident. And that that really shook the nation, right? And right. I had a I had a conversation with the VP uh, among some of the other minorities. The number of minorities within our global organization was shocking. It was it was lower than 30. I can't give specifics because it's proprietary, but Whenever the VP got to me and he called on me and he asked me to share my story, by that point, I was like, no ham, no cheese, no turkey. Like, I have nothing to lose. So I I told my story pretty much like I told you. I started as an admin. I was paid as an admin, got my degree. Now, almost seven years later, you're still paying me as an admin, even though I have a degree and I'm doing the work of a professional. No sooner than that meeting was over, I kid you not, a week later my salary increased. And when I say increase, it wasn't by like five or ten percent. It was it was a little greater than ten percent. And I was like, Okay, I thank you God that I got a salary increase, especially during a pandemic. But I do feel like it was a cop out and that they were cleaning they were cleaning up their they were cleaning up their mess and they were trying to CYA cover your ass to make sure, okay, if this company, if they did a deep if they did a deep dive in this company, they would see that okay. Let's see if there was any minorities or, or any black blacks or African Americans that were paid unjustly, right? Because before Why? before I got the salary increase, uh, two weeks prior to that, my supervisor told me, "Oh, you're not due for a salary increase for another two years. You're not due for a role a role change for another two years." But coincidentally. We had a meeting with the VP about George Floyd, and I told my story, and then bam, I got a pay pay raise that was more than 10%. Okay, come on now. I'm not bubble the Fool. Did you give it to me because of my work ethics, or did you give it to me because you, want, you wanted to save your ass due to the whole Black Lives Matter movement because there was a lot of shareholders that were riding down on the corporation asses because they weren't treating African American and blacks right? Which one is it?
1: Oh, it's oh, it's it's the it's the it's the second one. Say it's 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 the it's the, the, the savior ass one. Trust and believe. It's the savior ass one. And so, so that, whenever I, that one, you you don't, you don't even have to question that one.
2: <laughs> and so it felt like a, it literally felt like a slap in the face because why does it take all that? You know why does it take me having to speak out into the Vice President's meeting does my work not speak for itself? Have I not been delivering for you like before the before this pandemic started i was going I was going outside of the state representing your company in front of a client, and I was doing it by myself this yes this brown this black and brown. I had someone tell me, oh well." Do you feel that that people are gonna see you see you differently because you're a young young um nice looking black black lady with an older Caucasian male? I was like, "Excuse me, this is not about that. like you're married, I'm married. this is business. I've had people just you know say, "Oh, I thought your name was so and so do we even look alike? One is taller and one is short but but just because we're black, you think every black person looks alike." And sad that you have to deal with this stuff day in and day out, and they wonder why we act the way we act, and why we what we we do what we do.
1: Yeah, and they why they wonder why we react the way we react when it comes to a certain situations, and I and I can so, I can much I can so very relate to that part of it because even with my current company right now, you know they. They had, they address they addressed that part of it, but and they, excuse me, they they touched on it, but then they didn't touch on it, and then it was like, it felt very it felt very stilted at that point because you're not really addressing the issues and you're not telling telling everybody cause where where you stand because the company I work for is majority black and brown, so, and if you know you you want to make sure that as a company you want to address those issues head on and have a firm stance on where you are, on where you stand with those in and, and with those issues because if, you know, because if you're you're just stilting it or kinda of just giving out half of half of it, it's not really it's not really giving, you know, the where your real stance is and then that kinda of leaves a bad taste in those people who who work for you and who support and who support you. You know? It, and that was that's that, that I've I've experienced that, you know, firsthand and I'm like, well jeez. I don't know if I want to continue working for a company like that, but you got you got to put you got to put money out, you gotta gotta have gotta have food on the table, and you got to support. You Got to support the people, got to support your loved ones, you know.
2: Yeah, so I want to ask you a question there. So since the majority of your company is black and brown, have you like started? Like, have you thought about starting a change movement? Since you're passionate about the you're passionate about it too, to see okay, if you if they could put their mouth where their money is. Have you thought about doing that, or do you feel like it would be going against a grain of salt? Because another problem I found is, like, some of the black and brown community, we don't stick together unless something pops off. And I feel like if we could come to consider, like, how Hispanics and Latinos come together or how the Asian community come together, I think we will be further along because if you look at it, a lot of black and brown people, like, we have a lot of athletes, we have a lot of, um, you know, entertainment people, and if those people could come together for a certain, a certain aspect, why can't we? Who who doesn't have the fame and clout behind our name? Why can't we come together? Do you feel like within our community we face a lot of colorism and we're so divided due to nonchalant BS?
1: Yeah, I feel that, uh, and, I, and I and I feel that, and I see that. Um, so yeah, I mean, even when you check, when you try to organize a movement or or even try to gather people together for a common cause, is their their feelings of resentment, their feelings of disorganization, um, and sometimes distrust. I mean, we I think we're the only race that doesn't that really we don't really trust each other like that. Whether it's on issue, whether it's on issues of like of our own of, of like police brutality and things of that nature, or even other issues when it comes to that. So yeah, I mean I think for me to do for me to try to start that would probably be I think it would more be I think it'd be more difficult than anything. Simple, simple just because of simple fact of the challenge is getting people to, to latch on to that and really kind of go with that and, and have a and believe that it's something that can actually happen. Because like you say, we we don't we don't we don't talk, we don't react we don't We don't take action against something until something's already popped off. So,
2: And do you feel like that could still be the enslavery mentality? Because if you look at some of the uh, movies, I've been trying to watch a lot of um, movies that talked about slavery, because like I said, I'm first generation. And um, there was – that the like what people say, the house N-word, and then there was those out in the field. Do you feel like the division, because there was division back then, that division carried over to where we are now, and I feel like sometimes maybe some black and brown people have a hard time separating it because they're like, this is how it's always been, not realizing that as the world and society evolves, so must we. Even though it was done that way, that doesn't mean we need to still do it do it like that today, and what was done back then it could have been right, it could have been wrong, but if we're in a different we're in a different setting, we're in a different season, and things are different in society, so why do we keep holding on to the things of the past and how the baby boomers and those before them did it, and if we're really if well, we really want huh?
1: I mean, I think to kind of put that in in a, I won't say a proper perspective, but into a perspective nonetheless. Um, okay. I think that in, I think in that, I think in that, so yeah, you do have the the house and the the, the field type, the field person mentality. I mean that, that's something that's that's been prevalent since there's since a lot since, since since so long ago, and I think that. It comes to the comes to the simple fact of people don't some a lot of a lot of us don't want don't want to buck against the system because they're because, they're, because there's a, because there's a certain futility behind it. They feel like if you if you go if you go against the system, it's gonna it's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt you in the long run. Or if you try to gather people up to try to do to try to do this thing, it's gonna hurt you. And it's gonna hurt you in the long run. It's gonna hurt you. Per, it's gonna hurt you personally in the long run. It may hurt the people that you pull that you pulled into it in the long run. So I so. So there, so in doing that, it could it, there. There's this mentality of resist. There's this mentality of resistance, and there's also this mentality of like, no matter, no matter what I try or what I do, as a person to try to improve conditions, whether it's employ, whether it's in conditions within my place of employment, or whether it's in conditions in the community that I live in, or conditions even, even the interpersonal conditions within the relationships that I have with pe- with people or even or things of that nature there's a- so there's a certain sense of futility in that um and i think when people when especially when people have this um uh, this grand this grandiose idea of wanting to try to change things for the for the betterment of it for the betterment of not not just black and brown people but you know to and also just to educate people on you know how things are with uh, with us as black and brown people, so there is a, so I do feel that i do see i do see and sense that fu- that part of that futility part of it because i think as long i think as long as we as long as that sense of futility is there there won't there's not going to be a a there's not going to be palatable movement there's not going to be palatable progress because you have to remove the sense of futility you have to remove the sense of futility in order to see that progress go see that progress go forward. And you have to have like-minded people that believe, that believe, that believe in that movement or that believe in an idea or an assertion to be able to push that forward.
2: Okay. Fair fair enough. So it's pretty much how... (laughs) It's it's pretty much how we how we see ourselves but then it also comes with us educating our community as a whole and trying to retrain them because I feel like we're we well, let me say it this way. I feel like some of us can be conditioned to the way that they want us to see want us to think. And when I say they, I, I would say the Caucasian race, because they always mm. felt, they always felt superior in comparison to the black and brown community. Not all of them, because not all Caucasians think the same or act the same, but I definitely would say, um, sometimes I definitely feel like they program us to think a certain way be it's been done that way for so long But then the more we wake up And we know our self-worth and our self-value As a black and brown person Then we could really go out there And take ownership of our lives and our careers Because a lot of us are a wealth of knowledge And we don't necessarily have to always work for a corporation We can start our own corporation Or we could, you know, consult our services But sometimes sometimes yeah. we're we're fearful because you know, we may not have a example or someone someone to show us the way, but um, and we and there may not be someone in our family to do that. And the minute you try to go outside the box and go against the grain, of salt you have those in your family who are so narrow minded. They're like, "Why would you try to do that?" And then you almost want to respond to them, "Why wouldn't you?"
1: Yeah, because every every risk has a reward to it, and I know for I know for me that you know regardless of what anybody says or what they think I'm gonna always push forward to try to make that happen for myself because if i 'cause if i' cause if I'm not 'cause if I can't do it if i if i can't if I can't make it happen for myself i I am damn sure gonna find like minded people to collaborate to collaborate and you know push ideas off each other and then we can and instead of it being a singular effort now it's a collective effort and a collaborative effort so it's always to me it's always going to be about finding those like-minded people to they don't have to necessarily agree with my philosophy on they don't have to necessarily agree upon the philosophy of it but as long as they can understand the reason why it's happening and then collaborate and contribute their efforts to it so for me for me that's what that's what it's all that's what it's that's what it's more about anyway. But, you know, you, but like you mentioned before, there is, it's a difficulty. We're trying to get people to be like minded, people to be, to understand that, you know?
2: Yeah. Oh, man, we're like vibing on the
1: same voices here. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, and I, and I know, when, I don't know when we spoke earlier, I know that you said you want to do, I know that you want to do an hour only, but I mean, I, but, I, but I'll, but I'll extend that invitation if you want to we want to go a little go a little further if not, you know, we can we can go a little further if you want to.
2: Sure, we can. I, I wasn't sure if you had anyone on the back end. But yeah, um no, no, no. we can you can know, more about the book. I'm not sure if you've read the book, but oh, yeah. I'm
1: willing to <laughs> Well no. But I mean you know, and, and the thing of it in and, and it went and before and you know and and I know we've talked we've discussed a lot of things within within like within like an hour period so I just so I do so I do want to give us a little bit of a break really quickly so that so that way we, we that way we both can catch our breath you know what I'm saying <laughs> so that we, we both can catch our breath really and so then we can we can jump right we can jump right back into this convers this conversation that we're having because you know right now the wavelengths are like are like really really on that or really like that so so I do want to so before before we go into before I go into this commercial break, I do want to give you the opportunity to tell people, you know, who you are, where they where they can where they can find you, and the name of your book and where they can find your book.
2: Okay. So for you listeners that may have just tuned in or been already listening, my name is Genesis Amaris Kemp. You can um find me on Facebook at Genesis like the Bible Amaris A M A R I S last name Kemp K E M P like Courtney Kemp you know, writer of power. Um, I have an author page on Facebook as well. It's Chocolate Drop in Corporate America. My, my book is on Amazon. Paperback version is $13. So amount pretty much the amount you would pay at Chick-fil-A or some of the other restaurants, fast foods you may swing through. I have a Kindle version on Amazon as well for $2.99. And then it's also on KU, which is Kindle Unlimited. But I definitely want to urge you, if you get a Kindle Unlimited copy, please t- turn those pages because that's how I'm going to get recoup- um, recouped as an author, and I definitely need your support. And another thing is I love Amazon reviews I want you to be transparent on there because that's going to help me grow as a writer if you heard me earlier I said feedback is a gift so I definitely want to improve my skills and my craft and I definitely want to know what you thought about this book how it resonated with you and what what you want to see next because I have a lot of ideas about the second book that I'm thinking about writing well not thinking about I will be writing but I'm just trying to pray on the direction to go in and then I'm on Facebook under my other brand, which is at Lady D as in Deborah Richardson. And if you want to email me, you can email me at Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S-K-E-M-P at gmail.com. It is me. I respond to all the emails I get. It may not be responded back to the, on the same day, but I, you'll definitely get a response from me. I love the human interaction and we're in this together, so don't be a stranger. Hit me up.
1: <laughs> there you have it guys. There you have it guys. So 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 please, 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 you know, for one, for you know, as an author myself at the the importance of having support, having that support and having people put in put in those reviews for you. I mean, People in Radio Land, y- y'all don't know how important that is as an author to have those reviews and to have that support because it means because it means a lot to us as authors because it lets us know that we that you know that your that our voices are being heard and that our story and our stories are being are being are being, re- are being realized and recognized. So please, if by by with with all by all means do 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 me a personal favor and go to Amazon and and, and, gra- and grab my sister's book Chocolate Dropping Chocolate Dropping Corporate America. It's on. It's it's paperback. It's a it's on Kindle. It's a it's a ebook. Please go. Please go get that. Please go grab those books, man. There, I, I promise you that you will not be disappointed when you pick up that when you pick up that book and read those pages. And also please support. Show her additional support by going to her Facebook page. You know, just 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 showing a like us. Just giving a like or anything of that nature. Just just going to her pages and showing 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 her support by just showing up or to her pages, writing reviews and things of that nature. It helps that. Helps us. Helps her. It's gonna help her out a whole lot. So, so if you guys do that, I, I personally will be appreciative of that. So, with that being said, we're gonna take a quick. We're gonna take a quick commercial break. I'm gonna play a couple of tracks, and then me and me and you and you are gonna get back into this our conversation. So
3: first, so
1: what? (laughs) So, so the first, so the first. So the first song I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play for you guys. And the first track I'm gonna play for you guys is Nikolay and K, The Light. You guys are tuned into the office, to the office alley with yours truly, Gans, and my special guest for the night, Genesis Amaris Camp. Um, and this is exclusively on Diversity of Mouse Blazing Heat Radio. Man, you guys stay locked in and do not go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the welcome back to the office, alley. I am I am your host for the evening. My name is Gans, also known also known by my pen name, FLBD Man. And you got to tune into the Office Alley only on Diversity of Mosley and Heat Radio. And and the song, the two tracks you just heard were both made by an artist by the name of Nicolay. The first one you heard was "The Lights," and then the second second song you heard was "Memory Lane." Um, so we're we are we are in the building right now, and I have a very special guest in the building. Uh, Miss Genesis Amaris Amaris Kemp is in the building with us, man. And she has, and we have been talking a lot about first and foremost about her journey, about you know her her journey to how a book was created, and also a lot of other things, man. So we're gonna, so we're gonna just continue this particular conversation, man. I am having a, I am first and foremost, I am having a very, very, very good time, um, enjoyable conversation with with uh, with Miss Genesis. Um, she has a she has a wealth of knowledge, man, and. If you know, if you if you got, please please man, if you got, if you guys go to Amazon and grab her book, I promise you you will not be disappointed at all, man. So, you know, first and foremost, and and, and even with that, I do I, I do I want to give her, I want to just thank her for just again taking the time to be i be here on the show with me tonight, man. I am truly honored by your presence.
0: Hey y'all.
1: <laughs> I am truly honored by your presence, dear. Thank you so much for being here with us, to, with with me tonight. So we are to we gonna keep our conversation rolling because I believe that at this particular at this juncture, it's so important to interject certain certain aspects into the the employ the, the employment um, workplace and things of that nature. Um, and I'm kind of I'm going to go a little I'm going to go a, I'm going to go a tad bit off topic right now. Well, on topic but on topic but and and you'll see where I'm going with this here in a second. So the one thing that I want to ask you, um, I know I'm you know if, if you're like if if you're like me you why you watch the news or at least you read about it and you see, and you see certain things that happen. And you want and you try to you try to you want to try to see how that would affect you or affect or affect you personally, but also affect you in a in a different type of way as far as your work environment. Now, because you mentioned something about the George Floyd incident. Now, now most recently, um, the city most recently the city of city of Louisville, Kentucky, agreed to pay the family of Breonna Taylor twelve million dollars. As a, you know, in a, in a, in a wrongful death lawsuit, you know, then amongst that lawsuit, amongst those that settlement, there are some things that are that had that had that were implemented in that. Now, the one the the one question that I want to ask you, and I'm, I got a feeling this could, this could probably go either way, As an what what responsibility would you what responsibility what responsibility do you feel an employer would have to black and brown people if they if they, if, they, if, they, if, they, if they if they if they and i'm pretty sure most employers have have either seen this or heard about this or or read about this in some way shape or form what responsibility do you think that an employer should have or should have? when it comes when it comes to situations like when it comes to things and I won't say situations. When it comes to things like this, what how much how much do you how much awareness do you feel an employer should have when it comes when it comes to these issues?
2: I feel like employers should have a lot of a lot of awareness when it comes to those issues, especially if you are hiring black and brown people because whenever someone in the black and brown community gets gunned down for no apparent reason, that plays into someone's mental state of mind and capability, and it brings up a whole bunch of mixed emotions and feelings. And if you don't understand what's going on in the black and brown community and you see your employer, your employee change like a 360 and you don't understand why, then – you could easily pass preconceived judgment or make assumptions on that person's um, performance output, not really knowing what's going on in their personal life. And even though this situation may not uh, impact someone um, personally on a holistic level, it does because when someone that looks like you gets killed um, wrongfully, it does something to you because that could easily be your mom your mom, your aunt, your sister, your cousin or whatever. So then you have that thought in the back of your mind, "Oh my gosh, now I need to tell, now I need to tell my loved ones be careful or you have to try to retrain and educate your family on certain things because you never know what a cop who's trigger happy is going to do. So they bust into someone's apartment, didn't even have a search warrant, it was the wrong apartment in the first place, then all of a sudden you shoot somebody 8 times." You think somebody's supposed to be okay with it? You think that we're supposed to be quiet and just take it? And then $12 million, no amount of money can change the way that, you know, that that situation went down. Sure, it may help that family live a comfortable life, but it's not going to bring her back. That that not mother is always going to feel that void. And if you have twelve million dollars to slap to the family, why didn't you just slap their ass in jail or give them the debt penalty?
1: See, and you know what? And, and me and we're vibing on the same level right now because that's because I think that's a payout. That's that's a payoff, not a payout. And and you are and you are correct when you say employers should have a do have they have a responsibility to. You know, to educate themselves about what what happened, so they so they should have be able to have certain things in place for those men. You know, it's not. I mean, this ain't this. It ain't it ain't right. It's not rock. It ain't rocket science, people. It ain't rocket science, people. You know, and I think a lot of I think a lot of employers, I think a lot of employers, especially some. Well, I think a lot of employers miss the mark when it comes to that. You know you can't just say <clears throat> you can't just say you denounce racial inequality. You can't say that you denounce. You just you just can't say that you denounce police brutality. You just can't say that you you know um, denounce racism in, in all forms. You just you as an employee as an employer you just can't say that. You got now you like you mentioned earlier. You got now you got you got to put you got to put your action and and your pocketbook where your where your mouth is and. And I guess it segues into my other question. Um,
0: can I answer? So yeah, go
2: ahead. So, another thing that I would like to see employers do around this is, you know, hire some people, some grief counselors or someone to just have on have on staff after an incident goes down. And even if you may not understand how to deal with it, hire someone who's professionally trained to come in and talk to the black and brown employees. So, you could at least let them know, "Hey, I I may not know what you're going through, but I'm going to hire some professional some professional help so you can have a safe place to go and talk about it." So, it's coming out of it's coming out of their pocketbook, but then it's also showing in a sense that you that you're trying to you're trying to understand. And whenever or have someone who is a black and brown employee that is passionate about the topic have a town hall to discuss it and then have maybe a panel discussion and have the allies senior managers and those people come in and let it be mandatory for them to sit into that session and hear and ask questions and make it participate uh make it based on participation i think that can help too don't just you know have a one off and be like okay yep we did our part check the box like let's build around it. All right. But
1: but I think but give but give but given the kind given the the I won't say the element, of given the the, the given the, given the air of the given the air of the situation, not just not just with Breonna Taylor, but and not just with George Floyd. Um there are a great many, you know, black and brown people who have lost their lives to this to something that senseless as this. But wouldn't it? But you know, I think that, and I was kind of segueing to the segueing into this a little bit. You know, employers can't just say they do; they denounce these things. They have to put their mouth and they have to put their pocketbook and their mouth where you know to in the same in the same action. You know, I can't. Um, and if I guess for me and my and my and my experience, you can't just, you can't just say that you do this, that you denounce this. You have to put put something behind that. Um, you got to put some, some sort of action behind that, whether it's creating some sort of, you know, fund for, you know, for, uh, for, 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 for disenfranchised families and things of that nature, or, you know, you know, or better yet, even some, you know, committing to, uh, you know, committing to putting money into HB, uh, you know, historically black colleges or in universities, or even just into, into funds, into like into funds or programs that would help that would that would help that would like help black and brown people, such as you know fair equitable housing, you know employment assistance, law you know law you know law assistance and things of that nature. I mean, I think it goes beyond just a just a just a mouth just a mouth talk. You know, you can because someone can say that they that they're not for this all day long, but if they but if they don't put the action behind it. It's a moot point, at least in at least in my estimation of it, and it's also at least from my own personal experience.
2: I agree. I agree. They definitely need to give back to the community. If you're if you're going to talk about it, put put your money in the community to help build up the community, or build or even help build grocery stores. Because there's a lot of African American communities that are within the poverty line where they don't have. Um, grocery stores, so how do you expect them to eat healthy if you're not going to put anything in the community? Some of them don't have, you know, personal vehicles and stuff, so let's let's work on advancing the public transportation and et cetera. All
1: right. Now, speaking from your own experience and also from the companies you work for, um, has there been, you know, and I know that your book speaks upon a per, your personal experience, but from from you know from that from that book, do you think that do you think the company that you work for would would be probably would be willing to, you know, have that open ear or that open mind to listen to, to listen to, those, to listen to the things we're talking about?
2: Pop God in an act of Congress, I believe, because they're <laughs> 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 they're just they're just not getting hit to certain things' and having certain conversations when I felt they could have been having those conversations. Why did it have to you know wait till the George Floyd incident to tighten up your bootstraps and reevaluate certain things so
1: so with that being said, what what do you think? What do you think? What do you think we could do? Not what do you think? What do you think that we could do as black and brown people to apply pressure to these to the, to these companies? You know, your I mean, not only your company, but the, but these companies, these these Fortune four hundred and five hundred and one hundred companies, to get them to kind of to get them to understand, you know, what the, what it is. I mean, this is this is this is nothing that this is not a joke. You know what can we do to apply pressure to them? I mean,
2: <laughs> I'm I'm laughing because I literally thought about a walkout, like find a day <sighs> where all <laughs> all, the, all the black and brown people where we could get on one page and just don't show up to work, and that would really hit them in their pocketbook. Because if you look around, there's so many black and brown people that work for these Fortune five hundred and four hundred companies collectively that if all of us didn't show up, you're not gonna have your engineers, you're not gonna have your janitors, you're not gonna have your bus drivers, you're not gonna ha- have your store your store clerks at the grocery stores, then what? what? and I think there's um there's
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, <laughs> having that like
2: a mental, like I'm mentally seeing this. <laughs> In my mind, <laughs> you're definitely going to have a void. When you go somewhere and you don't see that young man or woman that normally services you, and you're looking like bubble the Clown, and you're like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, yeah, then it will really speak volumes to you because the people that you took for granted are actually the people that you need.
1: Right. Because then on top of that, a large amount of your workforce is gone. Yep. And you know they ain't they ain't gonna yeah. do it. Well and of course not, I... but you know <laughs> Of course not. But we but we remember you know, 'cause because we both work in a you work in, a, you, work in a, you work in corporate America, so do I. So we both we, we both both work for these companies that in some cases are more are, are more concerned about their bottom line than the quality of life of their employees in some cases, in some instances. So at the end, end the day, at the end of the day, it's gonna at the end of the day, it's gonna be their bottom line versus your quality of life, and they're gonna pick their bottom line over your. they they're, they're gonna pick their bottom line over our quality of life, all from ninety nine point nine five percent of the time.
2: But if we were to reverse the roles, then then we will be picking our our quality of life over their bottom line. Then they'll really see it from a different perspective. If we reverse the roles.
1: But you know, but 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 it I think it still walks back to the to, to the question, you know, how can how do what do we do to get them to, to understand that our quality of life is just as important? You know, we're we're not we're we're not we're not we're not just no we're just, we're not just people here to fill out equal opportunity numbers or equal you know fill out equal opportunity employer numbers or better yet you know diversity numbers so. What can what can we, we do to apply that pressure? They get to
2: understand that. We definitely need to start speaking out more, being vocal, um, being un- being unapologetically un- us, sharing our stories, like really putting it out there. Because the more stories that surface from, you know, a corporate America standpoint as well as other industries, then I would think. That that will help change too, because in a sense we're speaking out about it, which is also releasing some of the stress and emotional tension that we face. But in a in a sense, it could be a tactic to a tactic to educate educate them too. Um, We could start to you know take informal leadership roles into our um, corporations, whether it's volunteering for for certain things, like at my company, they love to call it step-out activities. Like, and the more step-out activities you do, you gain more visibility to people outside of your immediate work group and et cetera. And I feel like if we could get the air of our allies and that ally could easily articulate that up the chain because we have to find out who's in the know. And the person who's in the know, they have to grab the attention of you know, the executives and the shareholders and et cetera. So if we could just tap into the, tap into those people, and I think that, you know, change could come in that way too because sometimes people rather go to someone that looks like them because they feel it's comfortable, if that makes sense.
1: It does. It does. I think having familiarity with, with, your, with someone that looks like you, you at least – that at, least, at least gives the message somewhat of a somewhat of a meaning, and you know the one thing that I, the one thing that I that I've always spoken on, and now that this is because because me and you having a a real uh, a real conversation, I just you know I just be extremely transparent at this point, you know, I worked for I, I worked for a company um, not too long ago. Um, I lost I lost I lost a kid I lost a child, to the same the same ridiculousness of Brianna Taylor and things of that nature. Um, I'm, the company I'm so was, the company was, eh, it's okay. I mean it's been five years so it's it's one day at a time. The company that I work for, you know, was they were understanding in the partners and the fact of, you know, well, I won't say the company. The people the people that the people on my team were very understanding as far as what I was going through because that's because the majority of the people on my team were were my were, were, our, were our were my were my color were were, were, were black were black and brown so they understood what was going on now as far as everybody that you know the other the people of the other the Caucasian persuasion they didn't necessarily understand they, they understood what it was but they did not understand what it was and. It was something that they couldn't relate to because they didn't because they didn't have they didn't have to endure it or they didn't have to go through it. Um, but, you know, as far as that, you know, as far as that I mean, that's gonna mean that it was kind of sort of a ha I won't say a half hearted effort. You know, I I I'll I, I won't say anything I won't say anything bad about the team that I was on because they because they did phenomenal. They made sure that I was old oh out I was taken care of and I was okay, you know. My supervisor was 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 kind enough to give me, you know, a couple of extra days off in, in addition to the bereavement, um, just to kind of make she want to make sure that make sure that my head was that, my, that I was focused and my head was right to be able to come back to work in in the in, in the right state of mind, you know, and like I said, you know the the black and brown folks on my team, they understood that. It's all there was a Caucasian I won't say that Caucasian, but it was the other people outside of that that couldn't understand that. And they couldn't like they, they couldn't relate to it because they did because it did not it didn't ha 'cause it didn't happen to them. And it was they were always confused as to see why, you know, while sometimes I would always look I would always have this bad look on my face or I would always step away from my desk for a moment just to kind of gather my thoughts and gather my emotions sometimes. Like the, the people on my team understood that because it was something that was a given. But people outside of that looked at, so people outside of my team and outside of that looked at it like, well, well, something's going on. Is His performance is dropping. Well, there's a reason why that's happening. So, and the one thing that I was, I want to kind of, I want to ask you, and do you think when, when it comes when it comes to things like that, when it comes to people who actually experience have this type of experience, um, beside besides the besides the emotional and the mental health type thing, what other besides besides the emotional and the mental health and those and the you know mental wellness and being type things, what what other what other thing what other things could be implemented to Increase, increase that for a person who experiences this firsthand. What, what, what things do you think we could implement as Black and Brown people to these corporations to increase to, like, to give us a better quality of life, not only in our job but also, you know, personally, but more, more importantly in our job.
2: Okay. When well, you just share that with me, it just really took me elsewhere, and. Right. I, I I just want to say this before I before I address the job question. I definitely mm-hmm. like. I I can't say I understand what it feels like to lose a child because I, I I've never had children and I'm not a mother yet. Right. But I I know the I know the pain and the suffering hurts. Um. And losing losing a sister is not the same as losing losing a child because. That's that's a part of you that you brought into the world, but what I can say is like after after going through that emotional hurt and loss, it definitely makes you want to go harder in the paint because you definitely want either your son or your your daughter's legacy to live on, and you want justice justice to be done, and you also wanna wanna protect the next uh, black or brown child from having that occur to them. But I definitely feel like it it does take it does take a lot for you to come back come back from that from that experience and say you're whole because you realize that a piece of you is gone and it's never coming back but you have those memories that will linger on in your heart um right right but then when it comes to work and trying to trying to come up with a with a solution or a way to to help those employees that may be suffering through something like that if they've never really walked in your shoes or been where you, where where you've been then they can't really functionalize something like that but if if they allow you to share more and they and when you share and become transparent and they genuinely listen and listen and implement i think that that would help but in order to in order to formalize something they have to understand understand your hurt and your pain and that comes that experience comes from you only you can articulate that experience so I would say when it comes to to the job aspect you would i I would think that you should spearhead it because it was your hurt your loss your pain and your your passion can drive drive and fuel a fuel a movement, but then if we we're waiting and expecting a corporation to put something in place, it's going to kind of be hard for them to put something in place if they don't understand. But what what they can do is offer resources or offer like a safe place, whether it's Magellan or EHAP or have some form of subs- subsidies or outside groups where the employees can go and talk to someone or someone could come into the facility and it's not it's going to be strictly confidential but then or you could have like a ERG which is an employee resource group for um parents who have lost a child and it's a safe place um safe zone non no judgment zone where within the work hours those employees can get together
1: okay Okay. I mean, and that, and that's a, and that, and that's like, you know, and that, and that was the idea initially um, at first. I mean, but like, because for, and I guess because that's the first time that that someone, I think someone had ever had ever experienced that at that particular job at that particular time, you know, that I had, you know, no one had ever come across nothing like that, but uh, the kind of, say something about what you were saying about loss, you know, about losing, you know, the compare the comparison of losing a child as compared to losing a sister, you know, the way I see it, loss is lost it doesn't matter who the person who it is that you lose, loss loss still feels the same regardless of it's a child whether whether it's a child or it's a sister or it's a family member, to me they're they, they I mean, people can say that there are two different types of pain, but it, but at the end at the end of the day it's still a loss. So that's how that's how I look at it. And people say, "Well, I can't compare." No, if you if you lost someone, then you then you then you then you already know what I feel. So I tell people not to compare those two.
2: I could see it from your from your spectrum too, but um, from my from my side, I could kind of see I could see it where you're coming from. But then I also see it from where where I'm coming from from too because. Uh, when I lost when I lost my aunt, I didn't hurt for her as much as I hurt for my little sister because me and my little sister did everything together because we were three years apart. So she was like my road dog. But then my aunt, yes we we had a we had a bond, but it wasn't as tight knit as my little sister. So even though it was both pain and hurt, the hurt levels were different. If that makes sense, right?
1: It it does, it does, it does, you know. And I think the one thing I think that I think that a lot of corporations and companies should be able to get out of not only just the quality of life experience with um, with, uh, with 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 employee with employees, especially the black and brown employees. I think they have to really just kind of. In, in, excuse me, invest in invest in those types of things. You know, um, they, you know, I think as I think us as black people, I think it's us as black and brown people. Excuse me, jeez, I think us as black and brown people, we experience we we experienced we have our experiences are, in my opinion, the most vis, the most visceral experiences. What I mean by that is that. When, when, when we've experienced something like, you know, police brutality. When we've experienced something like um, systemic racism, classism, you know, separatism, you know, in not only not only but well, not only in not only way back when, but also everything pushed everything move forward, moving forward. You know, you that's a that's a it's a lot it's a lot for. For one person to take on, and then I know as a male that you know that weight is heavy at times, and I think that a lot of the company and you and you hit the nail on the head, honestly speaking, because that was something that I had thought about for quite some time. You know, I think that if we articulate these things to you know, not necessarily middle management, because some because sometimes when you talk when you try to express things. The people in middle management they just kind of they just they kind of write it off and be like, well, nah, it's not it they'll put they'll shelve it and not and not well, not come back to it I think if the people the i think the people in the executive positions would need to need to, need to like you said would need to understand and hear and hear these things because because it, because then it bring because then it brings about a great a so much of a greater importance and it also would help them to understand understand some things about. You know why, you know why these things happen, and you know the and why and why, but it also but it would also give us as black and brown people at least a reason or an inkling as to why as to why they why they wish to get involved in this. And but I think it, but I think in the in the long run, it's up to us to try to to figure out whether or not the company or the employer's intentions are either you know are either benign or malignant. You know, in some cases it's a mixed experience the way I, the way I look at it. It's a mixed experience because like I said, my company, the company that I currently work for had talked about, had talked about this, especially in the wake of, especially in the wake of George Floyd. And they want to say, they want to kind of have a sit down or a town hall to kind of express those things and say, and you know, express where they, where we, where, where they stand. Now I attended one of these town halls virtually and I want, you know, I want, I, you know, I ask the person who, who, who had the towel. I want to, I want, I want to share my story. I want to tell everybody my experience and things of that nature because I think, because I think it has, would have important context into the reasons as to why you guys are supporting this, or as to why you guys are standing behind it. You know what? You, you, I think you already know. I think you already know what 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 happened with that.
2: They pretty much shot you down.
1: Uh huh. Yeah, and I thought it was a great. I felt that I thought it was a great opportunity to, to express that, and not necessarily give myself any type of closure or anything like that because I because I because I already because in a way, in a sense I already have that. It's, now it's just want to bring more awareness to it and kind of under and kind of help solidify the reason as to why as to why this company is standing behind this. You know. Like and we discussed this earlier, you know. We as black and brown people, we will we will we will not support one another. It doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter the territory it doesn't matter the 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 statement the function the movement we we won't we won't support it. we won't support one another until and excuse my French until the until the shit is the same. Only, and only when it becomes dire, only when it becomes dire, do we, do we, do we pour out support for one another. It, you shouldn't wait till it becomes dire. Support now, what support now before 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 the floodgates open?
2: I agree because I feel like, and I'm just going to say this about the black and brown community. I've seen so many women out here who are single mothers and not that I'm knocking single mothers I just want to put that disclaimer you'll be dressed mm-hmm. from head to toe but then when you look at your baby your baby your baby's not all the way put together and are you mm-hmm. and I want are they so concerned with how they look and wearing other people's labels when that label could give two cents about who you are so pretty much you're going out there, you're making Tommy Hill figure, Kate Spade, Michael Kors and all of them rich, but you won't support a black-owned business. And that I do have a problem with. If you want to talk about, "Oh, I'm down for my sister, I'm down for my brother, but you're not really, you know, supporting them, then how can you say, "Oh, I'm down for my sister or I'm down for my brother" when you would, when you don't go to those small small black-owned business boutiques when you won't buy you know a cake from the cake man or the baker's man or you won't go support the turkey leg hut or something like that there are different ways to help build up the black and brown community you just have to get outside of your narrow-minded thinking in order to give back and sometimes like I know when I think it was Tommy Hilfiger that made a statement that he doesn't make his clothes for African-American people. And after that statement oh, cool. came out, you saw the African-American people start... Uh, start. Um, stepping away from his business they stopped patronizing him they didn't buy his stuff anymore because you made that statement so if you didn't make your your clothes for african-american people why would you expect us to spend your money on and that was like a big wave like a lot of african-american people were rocking hill figure because the quality was there and it was affordable of course of course man
0: it's, it's ridiculous. When,
2: what was it, like two months ago or three months? Correct me if I'm wrong. We had Blackout Tuesday, and I, we you saw a lot of little black squares on Instagram, but I wonder how many people out of those black squares supported a black-owned business, or were you just doing mm-hmm. it to jump on the bandwagon, or did you really do it because you believed in the movement behind it? So that's another thing. Another More thing I want to... I want more of the celebrity people who have the air of those Caucasian people to speak out more because you already have a platform. So what if you lose some endorsement? At least you'll give your brother or sister at the bottom, you know, some hope. If you're a professional football player, a singer, a rapper, or whatnot, you should use your platform because you already have a big following and give back to your community, be more vocal about it. Yes, there are some people that are doing it, but I think there should be more. Because at the end of the day, it's us that buy buy the tickets to see you play football, basketball, or whatever. It's us that are buying your music, making your pockets fatter. It's us that are going out there, getting it. Uh, getting the weeds and different stuff like that, even though I'm not all for the weeds, because I'm not going to spend no $200 on hair when I have hair on my own head. I'm sorry. You can miss me with that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man. So, good point. That's a good point. That is a good point right there. So, the one thing, because I know we got, about, I know we got like five, like five minutes and 26 seconds left in this, left in this show, really. But the one question that I want to ask you that I <clears throat> and it sli- and it slipped my mind and it came right back to my mind at this point. So, how important is it to have? How important is it to have our allies push? Push push these push these messages that we that we've been that we've been talking about forward.
2: Extremely important because so, if we want to get to if we want to get to other people, they're gonna listen to our allies faster than they would listen to us because you know why it's human nature and it's the way that they're programmed. So. We need to, like, try to build a partnership with our allies and those who truly get it, not the ones that say, oh, I have black friends because that's still a cop out, still a form of microaggression, but the ones that actually will put a picket in their front yard that say black lives matter or the ones that would, you know, go with you to a protest or a riot. Those are the type of allies we need, the ones that could be there. They could be on when you're on and off when you're off. We don't need somebody to say, "Oh, I'm an ally," but when you get behind closed doors, you know they turn they turn a different a different color. We don't need chameleons. We need right. someone that's going to be authentic and real all the time. And if you can't say something in front of us that you can say in front of your family, then you have to ask yourself a question: Are you really an ally, or are you just doing it for clout? Because if you could sit here, jam my music, eat my food and stuff, but then when you get home, you can't tell your wife about what we talked about, you can't tell your children about it, then there's there's a problem with you, and you have to address that.
1: Exactly, exactly, and it's a, and I think to kind of the piggyback on what you're saying about the importance of having allies. It not only not only does it give give someone another someone of another. Another race or creed or whatever to it. It does it, it, and the point, and the one thing I was gonna say, and I and I am, and I'm not gonna say it now, because no, seriously, because we, because honestly, because it, we need we need our allies to help push our message forward, but we don't need, but we, but we don't need, but the one thing I will say, we don't need our allies to give credibility to what to our to our struggle is not only in corporate america but but in any aspect of life at period we don't we don't need and we don't need our allies to give validation to our struggle we need we need allies to support because the moment when our allies when cuz the way i look at it is this when it is important to have allies but when when they when they're the ones that are are they are the ones that that are giving credibility to a movement or a struggle or a particular problem. To me, that is a problem because because it's not it's not it's, it's not the ally or the or the supporter that's giving the credibility. The credibility comes from the in from the individuals that are that are that go that go through. The allies are the ones that give validity to it not credibility so there's a this so for me there's a difference allies give validity to the to the movement or the situation but they don't they don't they don't give the credibility to it because the credibility goes with the people goes to the people that so, that are going through it
2: i completely agree 100 percent, with what you just said because the minute that <laughs> yeah I, I pretty much yeah, I definitely agree because the minute that they start taking ownership of it, it no longer becomes valid to us because it's like, oh, you only jump on the bandwagon, so your so your name could you know get that gold star around it, and it takes it takes um our feelings and emotions out of it, and wow. it puts it to the so it becomes a plot,
1: <laughs> wow, and we agreed, agreed, agreed. <laughs> so, with, with, a little, with a little bit of time left in our show, I want you to I want to give you the opportunity to tell everybody again who you are, where they where they can find your book, and where they can find you on social media. Okay,
2: I'm Genesis Amaris Kemp. My book is titled Chocolate Drop in Corporate America: From the Pit to the Palace. It's available on Amazon in paperback for thirteen dollars. It's available. On Kindle for $2.99 as well as Kindle Unlimited but I do ask that if you get a Kindle Unlimited version make sure you turn the pages and don't let it collect electronic dust you can find me on Facebook at Genesis like the Bible G-E-N-E-S-I-S Amaris A-M-A-R-I-S last name Kemp K-E-M-P I also have a book page on Facebook. It's Chocolate Drop in Corporate America. You can email me at genesisamarezkemp at gmail.com. And I do have an IG, which is Instagram account, which is at Lady Diaz and Deborah Richardson, R-I-C-H-A-R-D-S-O-N. And I definitely want to see those transparent Amazon reviews. So when you pick up the copy of the book, just let me know what you thought about the book, what resonated with you the most. And I am um, also started this thing called Brand Ambassadors. So for those of you who are willing, all I ask is that you just take a picture of yourself holding my book, whether it's the paperback or the e-version, and send that to me with um, your favorite quote or your chapter title and why. Because I want to see how this book speaks to you. Because, like I said, this book is very versatile. And before I go and we end, I definitely want to read the dedication section so you guys could see what I mean when I say it's very versatile. Go for it. So, to Vanessa, my spiritual angel, my ride or die, my bestie, my little sister. Even though you aren't physically here, I know you are smiling down from heaven. Your legacy and impact will always live on. This is for you and future generations to come. So she passed with lupus, so I'm very passionate about the lupus movement. Chalk and Drop Incorporated is also dedicated to every admin who was told they would never get out of the box the one that the corporation places around you because they don't recognize your value and can't see past general administrative tasks. Admins, you are more than just an admin. Use your current situation to catapult you to your rightful platform. I was an admin, so I'm definitely giving back. You should never forget where you came from and where you started. To every minority who has struggled to find their rightful place in corporate America, I dedicate this book to you as well. You are the ones who had to constantly fight for a seat at the table, work twice as hard to be seen and noticed, and feel invaluable as if you were just a number to the corporation. Eventually, you find that one divine connection who can see your worth. Only then do you get a breakthrough. To every business professional in all walks of life, you are not forgotten. Everyone has faced and endured various trials and tribulations that could be spoken about, some of which were unfair, while others you turned from a negative into a positive. You have been emboldened to launch out deep and walk into your destiny, purpose, and calling. To those who are willing to take the blinders off, do, self, do some self-reflection and work on creating lasting change in the workforce. Know that if we do not speak up, stand up, call out unconscious biases, and work on changing the mindset of those ignorant individuals, then we are only regressing instead of moving forward in society. Let's all come together and work collaboratively to make lasting impacts. Lastly, I dedicate this book to everyone who has a dream not to let people or things keep you bondage Follow your heart, share your story, travel, and be the best version of yourself. Someone needs you to pass the baton, be their voice, narrate their story, or partner with them to create a revolution of opportunities. So, you see, with my dedication section, I dedicated it to my little sister because she was a great part of my life, and I'm passionate about the lupus mm. moment. I dedicated it to the admins because I know what it feels like to be an admin because I was an admin for four and a half years. And people see you, but they really don't acknowledge you because they think you're you're on the bottom of the totem pole. So all the minorities, mm-hmm. whether you're black or brown, you matter. And then to all the business professionals, those are the C-suite executives. Those are the allies. Those are those of you that are outside of the black and brown bucket, as well as those in other you know, areas, not just in corporate America, but also in other industries. And then to those who are willing to take the blinders off, the ones who aren't afraid, you know, to get down in the mud with us and roll around, the ones who aren't afraid to flat box, the ones who aren't afraid to open their mouth and ignite the voice that has been birthed inside of them, I I wanted to address it to them. And then to everyone who has a dream, because we all have a dream, and everyone has a vision of what the American dream looks like and should feel like to them, and that's personal. So, when I talk about versatility, I really wanted to put that in the dedication section to let people know is don't just go off of the title and think that this book is just for black and brown people because it's not. I'm here telling my story, but I'm also letting you know that inclusion and diversity starts with you and I. And if we could come together at collectively, then we can be the change that society needs. We don't have to let the buck stop here with us.
1: Man. True, 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 true. or no, true word true. No truer words spoken. No truer words spoken. And I agree and I agree on all levels with that. So you know, with with that being said, this pretty much come brings us to the conclusion of our show for tonight. I want I want to thank you so much, Miss Genesis, to, for coming on tonight and just first of all blessings blessing us with your energy and your knowledge and your your pa your passion for wanting to bring about change. Within corporate America, man, I'm, I, I promise you, I'm definitely gonna, I'm definitely gonna pick up this book and and read it, and also leave leave a, leave a leave a review, and also you know, leave a picture of myself with the book, and just express and express which chapter or which um, thing affected me the affected me the most. So I'm most definitely gonna be purchasing this book right soon. So Miss Genesis, thank you so very much for coming onto the show and blessing us with your pop, with your Enthusiastic and infectious energy, your your knowledge and your passion for what you for what you do, for what you're doing, for what you write, for what you're writing about.
2: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and I just want to thank you so much for opening up and being vulnerable and sharing about your child that you lost. I mean, that was that really, you know, took me there, and I had to pause for for a moment because I I can't even imagine what you went through because you said you lost your child five years ago. So I definitely want to tell you thank you. And, you know, do do what you can do because even though you lost a child, you definitely have a pivotal part in this movement that we're in now. And people need to continue to hear your story and understand where you're coming from. I mean, offline we could talk about it because I definitely want to hear more about your story if you're willing to open up about it. Yes, ma'am.
1: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, um, Genesis Amaris Kemp, ladies and gentlemen, um, her book Chaka Drop in Corporate America is available right now as a paper and paperback, and as an ebook and on Kindle. You guys go to Amazon.com and please, please, please grab, grab it, grab it, grab it. whichever copy you can grab. Leave a review. Um, talk. them, you know, have a discussion and talk about it, man. Let's and, listen, and and let's, and let's talk about this and keep pushing this conversation forward. Um, and again, Miss Genesis, thank you so very much for for coming on and just blessing us with your positive energy and your knowledge and everything. You know, we we hear we hear diversity of minds, ladies heat radio, and especially the office alley. Wish you so, wish you wish you continued success in all your endeavors. Thank you
2: so much.
1: You are very welcome. You are very welcome, and and also again, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of our show um, tonight. Um, again, thank thank you for all thank you for all of the all all the listeners that came that came in to listen, whether on a web link or on a or called in on a on a on a call in line. We thank you so very much for listening in tonight. Um, you guys could have been anywhere else, but you but you chose to be here with us to chill and vibe out with us and and just really listen to a very great interview with a very awesome guest tonight. So with that being said. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say good night to everybody, but I'm gonna take you but I'm but I'm gonna take you guys home with this with it with one with this one song called I Remember by Real One Crash, and I want to I want to say thank you very much for tuning in, and you guys have a very blessed night and a very blessed weekend, and everybody stay safe. Thank you so much.
4: hit I don't feel alone, I was right there when you were, way I was trying way. to make it out until I learned yeah. I had headache, yeah, I know the years, all the tears, years I've been going, no, I don't do it for myself, cause you probably been through you the trial. Whoever had to wait in line, the think what God would do for you, like a business rap, I can't believe it made me so much, I so woke up one morning, I'm crying, I'm like, what's wrong with you, what's wrong with you, KJ, I don't know what else to oh do, my Really Long live Khalif, my brother. You know I'm a ball for you. Long live Keep. You know I do this all for you. For real. This one for my fallen soldiers. I'm here to block 'em. Baby three. Yeah, they try to knock us off the road, but we gon' make it through. I was always tall, never fold. That's what quitters do. Never. I remember waking up. Now it was in the, in the I remember waking up trying to. same shoes, but I wanted to write, I, I, I had day. to turn on the lights, I had to trust the big God, I had to turn on my life, I had to watch out for the snakes, I knew that fruit I wasn't right. right, I told my brothers we would make it, they ain't make it a fake niggas act tough, but a real one gon' cry, it's a lot of stars shining in the sky tonight, it's a lot of mamas that's gon' have to cry tonight, all I know is God work, blessings come from hard work, Wanna got a he got I want to walk out of call I was so tall to God first. People hate because I know my worth. I was shopping in them hallways. Feeling like I ain't had no worth. I was sitting in my dark days, that God They heal me from my heal hurt. From you my can't hurt. tell me I ain't humbled. I came from, from the blood. You can't tell me I won't make it till I see the hurt. I remember waking up now. for
1: life.